Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. In this episode, we're going to talk about oral health care delivery, specifically in the United States. In order to have a solid discussion around oral health delivery in the U.S., you have to really consider the history of how information and resources are managed and distributed in our country. This is a forever evolving model, and our healthcare system has really undergone some pretty significant changes just in my lifetime. And how people access care and information is also continuing to evolve and change. Now, as a healthcare provider, this may be a topic that we don't give much thought to, but should. It's important for us to understand how our society accesses care and align that access model to health conditions or untreated health conditions, because there are a lot of health conditions or untreated health conditions that exist as a result of the models. So if we find that there's a direct correlation between the healthcare delivery models that we use and the prevalence of dental disease, this knowledge provides us the opportunity to discover the W's, right? The why's, the who's, the what's of dental care delivery and what action steps that we need to take in our profession in order to make improvements to those delivery systems. With the goal, the ultimate goal, of improving the oral health outcomes in our communities. And there are different levers that we need to consider so that we can have healthier outcomes for our patients. That's what we're going to talk about in this podcast episode. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! There are different delivery systems and models used in the United States to deliver care, right? Bring care to the people. So the providers of dental care in the United States typically fall under three different groups. They're either federal groups, the Department of the Federal Government, or they're non-government groups, which that's private practices, institutions, schools, and uh, clinics that use insurance-based models. And then the third umbrella that falls under these providers of dental care are the state levels, which are state prisons, community clinics, some schools, and the departments of the state. Most of our dental care delivery in the United States happens in the non-government section, private practices and institutions using insurance-based models. There are some important departments in the federal government that you as a dental health care provider should understand really well. And I would start with the Department of Health and Human Services, which is an executive branch of government that has a direct impact on how dental care is delivered in the United States. 
it's essentially the principal agency that's used to protect the health of all Americans. And it's the largest grant-making agency in the federal government, and it works really closely with our state and local governments to ensure the health and protection of Americans. And this includes our Medicare and Medicaid programs. The Department of Health and Human Services primary focus is on preventive care. They work on delivery care models that really focus on things like affordable coverage, preventive services, vulnerable populations, the uninsured, sustainability, how do you maintain and sustain these models, surveillance where they monitor things. Uh, and they always look for the population safety, ways to provide preventive services with the idea that it is improving the health outcomes of the individuals. The other department that's really important is the National Institute of Health. And this employs medical researchers, right? This is the government's medical research organization. And there are 27 separate health institutes for research within the National Institute for Health, uh, one of which is the National Institute of Dental and Craniofacial Research. And this branch focuses on the research in oral health sciences. And dental hygienists with advanced degrees can work for this branch of government. The CDC, or the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, is a system of health surveillance that is used to prevent the outbreak of disease and monitor any that do occur. And we've had lots of exposure to some of the roles that the CDC plays with the COVID-19 pandemic. What the CDC primarily does is guard against international disease transmission and maintains national health statistics. The CDC's Division of Oral Health helps to prevent and control oral disease conditions. They also network to promote health education and behaviors. They have a role in the development of effective public health programs, and they provide goals to improve the oral health of our nation. So this is really important for you to understand the CDC's role in our oral healthcare delivery system and some of the models that are used to manage disease. The state departments are influenced by the federal departments. So the state departments work as dental consultants within the state environment and their goal is to promote dental health. Things like water fluoridation within communities is a great example of how the state departments get behind an oral health initiative to promote dental health and increase awareness. So they are advocates and they help develop new programs for the state. They also have a role in evaluating and looking for funding for some of these programs that are specifically needed for a state. The state departments look to the Department of Health and Human Services. They look at the National Institute for Health and the CDC to really drive their focus of what their states need for funding in order to support current programs and the development of future programs. The ASTDD, the American Association of State and Territorial Dental Directors, which was organized in 1948 
is a national nonprofit organization that's representing the directors and staff of state public health agency programs centered around oral health. ASTDD formulates and promotes the establishment of national dental public health policy, assists the state dental programs in the development and implementation of programs and policies for the specific prevention of oral disease, and much more. Public health agencies and the related oral health programs at the federal, state, and local levels vary a great deal in size, structure, workforce, staffing, and most importantly, funding. It's important to consider things like infrastructure and capacity. The infrastructure allows a public health program to reach its full work capacity and success. So the infrastructure, which is the systems, the resources, the program and the facilities that serves that public health function, the capacity is the development of that oral health expertise and competence. So you have to keep those two things in mind when you're talking about how care is delivered. The oral health infrastructure has to consist of people, partnerships, and resources to put systems and organizations together. And the capacity enables the development of expertise, competence, the implementation of oral health strategies, and the assurance. There are four major service levels in public health. You have the infrastructure building services, you have the population-based services, enabling services, and direct health services. The infrastructure building services does a needs assessment and does quality assurance and monitoring and coordinating and training. Population-based services are centered around things like oral health prevention, injury prevention, education programs, newborn screenings and immunizations. Enabling services are focused on things like Medicaid, WIC, case management, transportation, as well as translation services. Direct health services focus on basic health services and clinics for all, oral health services for all. And the key to direct health services is workforce, and funding. The framework that has been developed by the Healthy People provides oral health assessments at the state and local levels. Also, the states and local organizations conduct and use several surveys and data collection systems in order to monitor oral health. And one of those surveys is the Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance Survey. This provides them with specific information and helps them really focus their attention on the needed areas. Several oral health indicators are included in the state-based oral health surveillance system, and they're integrated into that national oral health surveillance system. Let me just give you a little more information about what is Healthy People. It's a website, and this website provides information about the population across the United States. Healthy People has a vision to have a society in which all people live long, healthy lives. Now, Healthy People provides a 10-year measurable public health objectives, and as well as providing these objectives, they provide tools 
to help track our successful movement of these objectives towards achieving them. For three decades, Healthy People has developed these objectives and benchmarks by identifying current national health improvement priorities. These benchmarks are applicable at a national, state, and local level. Healthy People encourages collaborations across communities and regions to empower individuals towards making informed health decisions. And one of the ways Healthy People does this is by measuring the impact, hopefully positive, of preventive activities. The mission of Healthy People is to first identify national health improvement priorities. And once the priorities are identified, a plan is developed with the goal of increasing public awareness and understanding of the determinants of health, disease, and disabilities with a focus on opportunities for progress in a positive direction. With this information, Healthy People develops measurable objectives and goals that apply to these priorities. These benchmarks that are developed from the objectives provide focus for things like research, evaluation, and data collection to develop ways to meet the needs of our collective health priorities. There are intentional priority areas which contain a vast amount of information and tons of resources to help eliminate these health disparities and provide equitable access and opportunities for members of our society to live healthy, productive lives. The main priority areas are to advance health equity, to increase health literacy across the country, and to address the social determinants of health in each of our communities. On the Healthy People website, you can find supportive information which helps you learn more about each of these priority areas, as well as how you individually can be a part as a dental hygienist in these priority areas. Now, you will learn all about each of these priority areas when you take your public health class in your curriculum. I would encourage you to go to health.gov and take a look at Healthy People 2030. So every decade, Healthy People makes changes based on the feedback and the information and organizations that they receive. They create new objectives considered the most pressing public health issues, and they help you take the objectives from their website that relate to your specific work. The other thing that's really great on the Healthy People 2030 website is that they have tools for action. So they provide you with support and it helps you to network with other individuals that may be working on some of the same action plans, oral health outcomes in specific communities. So this website really gives you so much information and there's tons of tools in there. It lets you know the priority areas when we're talking about the oral health care of our entire country and some of the objectives and goals that we're looking to achieve through developing and changing the models that are currently being used. It's really important information as a dental hygiene student to really gather a concrete foundational understanding of what framework has already been created so that we can build upon that framework 
and really network with colleagues and maybe people even in different disciplines to really improve the oral health status and overall health status of the individuals in our communities. When considering some of the more recent infrastructure and workforce distribution components, you have to think about things like the Affordable Care Act. So the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, which was put together in 2010, provided an opportunity to expand high quality dental care for children and adults who were not currently receiving services. And as a result, that expanded the need for the number of dental care professionals in some of these high need areas who could then provide dental care to these underserved and vulnerable populations. So it's important to think about the supply of dental professionals when you're talking about infrastructure and public health needs, the demand, the supply, this is all important stuff. The current dental workforce is not able to meet the present day demands and the need for dental care in public health. And this inadequacy and unbalanced equation is expected to increase due to changing population trends, increased public dental insurance coverage, and the number of dentists that are graduating. It will just not keep up with the increasing demand. This is what the information is telling us. So as a nation, we need to advocate for a vital and sufficient oral health care workforce by creating alternative workforce models to meet the needs. One of the key parts of this demand and supply issue is that a majority of dental professionals are located in more urban regions of the country. And what this does is it creates an imbalance where people in rural areas are not given the same opportunities to access the care that they may need by the right professionals. So as a group, as a dental profession, we are going to need to come up with creative methods to develop uh, health promotion and expand the abilities of our clinical care in order to meet the needs and demands to serve our populations, to meet the healthy people goals and objectives, to really rise to the occasion, to meet the challenge of what's ahead of us. This is an exciting time to be in the profession and the challenges are there, but the capabilities of the workforce are also there, equally there. So I hope that you embark on really developing a good understanding of our current infrastructure, as well as maybe some of the challenges and opportunities that may exist. By developing an understanding, it provides you the opportunity to use your own creativity to really put your mark on something and to add value and movement in the right direction to meet our healthy people priorities. Thanks for listening today. I hope this podcast was thought-provoking and informative for you on your learning journey. Join me next time where we will be discussing how patients respond to our treatment as well as the disease process. I hope you join me. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast. Thank you.